You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. Winning. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it. Like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans by fans. That's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Joining me tonight, my two co-hosts with the most first fighting out of the purple corner, the OG Olive Garden Pam, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox. What it be? Oh, we're in fine form tonight. I got the drink while I watched the Vikings game just before we recorded this, so uh, I hope I don't make anybody mad about things I say. Well, you know what? You got to drink while you watched your game. I had to drink because I watched my game. Well, I've been in similar situations, so it's fine. Elijah's here, Mr. Uh, Elijah Arnold, on Twitter, at Wrong Elijah. Hey, boys. <laughs> you excited, girl? No. I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> got Elijah up past his bedtime. And we are doing something special tonight because it's kind of a messed up week. Got some stuff going on, so we don't get to record at our normal time. We're actually doing this at 11.30 p.m. Monday night. The Vikings just broke Nick Foles and beat the Chi-Town Bears. So we're going to do something a little different on this episode. We're only going to have one episode this week. We're going to do some reviews, some previews, some studs and duds. Some plays of the week. Playoff picture is back. And then we're going to get to the pick'em. So let's not waste any time. Let's uh, go around the league here real quick because Drew Brees broke every one of his ribs, three pinky toes, and has a punctured lung. Dude, that's rough. Is it exactly what you don't want to see happen to one of the premier teams in the NFL. But they got Jameis Winston, so he did okay. He didn't. Guy loves to throw the ball down the field, so we'll see if uh, if he can do that in this offense. And shout out to my wife, because obviously, well known fact on the Joint Practices podcast, my wife's a Saints fan. And I said, well, at least you got Jameis, and she's like, well, yeah, Jameis is a lot better than the tight end they parade out there as a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he like Taysom Hill means so much to this offense, though. You can't just make him the starting quarterback because then it takes away all the things that you want to do with him. Uh, yeah, the, how many teams put their starting quarterback on punt protection? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he does, he does so much, and uh, he's he's one of those. We we've seen it over the last couple of years. Guys get drafted as a OW offensive weapon. Um, he's the Cordell Stewart type like i'm just waiting for him to kick a field goal or make a punt yeah. or something yeah <laughs> it's coming and, don't worry but the fact that drew Brees breaks you know three ribs on one side two ribs on the other side still played 
And then apparently he also punctured a lung. Like, Tyrod Taylor didn't even make it into the game when that happened to him. Ouch. Goes the weasel. But it was bad. Not good. No bueno. No bueno. That's why elderly gentlemen shouldn't play football. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to say a name, and I just want you guys to take it from here. Ready? Antonio Brown. Real piece of shit. Yeah, this doesn't look good. No, um, it didn't look good two years ago when he was an asshole. Now I know, it's getting I know. fucking stupid. Yeah, it was, you know, when the announcement came he was coming back into the league, my first thought was how long until he fucks it up, and apparently he fucked it up before he even got there. The second he posted a picture of some woman's kids and made some threatening remark, that should have been the end of it forever. Yeah. Literally gonna forever. Be threatening like, a woman, regard, I don't care. There could be any sort of of excuse from there. I don't care. You threaten a woman's kids, you're done forever. And yeah. uh, plot twist. I didn't I'm hear about this. About, what happened? Uh, Tom Brady and how? Never mind. We're gonna save it for so, the duds. Apparently, there was something to do with his homeowners association and the woman that runs it. Like called them out, and they had a security guard from the homeowners association come and try to take care of him. And he like threw a bicycle at the guy. Apparently, it's got on video. I don't know. Also, apparently, the NFL had no clue that this had happened the week before he joined the Buccaneers. Uh, the guy can't get out of his own way, and it's not a oh, good so look. Oh, so this happened a while ago, and it's just coming to light? Nah, it, it happened the week before he joined the Buccaneers. Yeah, a while, like a month ago. So, either way. Uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, Came out today. I mean, the, the news just broke within the last couple days, so... Okay, I don't see anything on here. It's bad. (laughs) You don't don't want to have to deal with this stuff. And Bruce Arians, the comments that he made about Antonio Brown when the the question was first brought up, and he was like, "He's not a fit for this this locker room." I don't, you know, if there's anything that comes from this, and they're like, "Yeah, we saw the video. He's off the team." It's just simple as that. I'll do my first dud. Uh, my first thought's Tom Brady, because he, he, the reason Antonio Brown is there, and I'm jumping way ahead, I'll do my other thoughts after, is because uh, Tom Brady wanted him. Like, that's what all the stories are. The only reason Antonio Brown is in Tampa Bay is because Tom Brady just cried until it happened. And again, we'll do the ex-girlfriend analogy. This is This is piling on to someone making bad choices after they dumped you, Tom. But this is a bad look. Like apparently Antonio Brown is living with Tom Brady. Uh, Antonio Brown is talking about how Tom Brady's helping him so much. This is a bad dude. It is. It's a bad dude. It's a, maybe it's a mentally ill dude, but it's a mentally ill dude that is doing bad things. And, and for Tom Brady to excuse that because he can run fast, turn quick and catch passes is an abhorrent act. And that's how I feel. Yeah. It's not, it's not good at all. And chiefs offensive line. See 19 plus. Uh, apparently, earlier today, the Chiefs placed offensive tackles Eric Fisher, Mitchell Swartz, and offensive lineman uh, Martinez Rangan on the COVID-19 list. So, that's not good for them. Both here starting tackles. Yikes. I mean, they're, traditionally, those guys are jammed in pretty close together. So, if one has it, probably yeah, they, I, they and, have it. And this continues to be like a... A weekly thing that happens in the NFL is we see all these names that get placed on the list like the day after the team plays, right? 
and then they play next week. So I don't know what's going on or how the NFL is actually handling this, but it's a uh, it's just I I don't I don't like I don't like the way that it looks. Here's the thing I may actually know. So I have this uncle on Facebook that told me that uh, COVID is a lie and uh, it's going to go after the election. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I know. Only 1.7 million cases after the election happened 12 days ago. It's fine. Right, but my very, very smart, I don't know, it's not even my real (laughs) uncle. Like, this guy I met one time said it on Facebook. So, like, fake news. It's got to be true. (laughs) Probably voted for Trump, too, huh? I'm pretty sure he's a virologist in that he's had all the viruses. (laughs) (laughs) So Drew Locke is hurt a little. Maybe not baby girl, just a little bit. It's not his shoulder, at least. Sounds like ribs, maybe. Yeah, apparently he suffered. Ordered in... the ribs. <laughs> little baby back injury. Huh? Little Chili's baby I'll back have injury. The ribs. <laughs> yeah, apparently I'm having the Baja beef. <laughs> apparently he suffered a rib injury on Sunday. Uh so his status is up in the air against Miami this week. And we'll see what happens, but that's it's not good. The Broncos have just been destroyed by injuries so far this How year. How do you say uh, no bueno? Uh, I think you just said it. You guys like uh, no uh, bueno. barbecue ribs or dry rub ribs more? I don't eat red meat. I don't either. Okay, I guess I'll answer. <laughs> I like dry rub more. <laughs> All right. Well, I've always been a fan of the dry rub. <laughs> you know who else has been a fan of the dry rub? Joe Flacco. <laughs> and apparently he's starting this week for the Jets again. Mm. Adam Gase continuing to <laughs> just throw the season away. Good job. Can we do they a got a real chance to beat old Herbert in the Chargers. Can we have a drop where anytime anyone says the Jets, it just says, who cares? <laughs> well, we should have a drop board. They're not trying to be a wait. legitimate football team. The goal is they, not they to are. play games. And so, to quote uh, scholar and uh, all-around scientist Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, and that's COVID not what too. the Jets are doing. Herm Edwards got COVID. Oh man! Every time the Jets is mentioned, we should just have the Bart Scott can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Andy Reid and Brett Veach each get a large paycheck increase given to them by the Chiefs a la Kansas City. I don't make enough money. I wish I could coach football or be a general man. Like, should I have gone for, like, sports management? Is that, was that the, the was that the play? Yeah, apparently. Jeez. Or just know somebody who can get you in the door. I wiped Sean McVay's asshole one time. Give me a job. <laughs> it was this one time we were in, I don't know where it was, <laughs> somewhere in Nebraska. A hole in the ground town, what now called Utah. Utah. <laughs> Dumpy had to go. <laughs> yeah, this is just huh? a, I mean, Andy Reid said he wanted to coach until Patrick Mahomes' career was over, which is crazy. Hey, if all our but... teams miss the playoffs, can we switch it to an out cold podcast? I'm I'm totally on board with that. Admittedly, it's only a 90-minute movie, so there's not a ton to dissect, but it'd be fun for a week. We could have at least 16 episodes on that. <laughs> it's fine. Every 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yep. 
Hey, so the uh, Miami Dolphins this week made Jordan Howard inactive and then officially released him today. He was a healthy scratch for like three or four weeks. Yeah, so... He's coming home. Interesting He's because the Dolphins home. have been playing very well. The question begs, are you interested in bringing in Jordan Howard? Yes, bring him back. Bring him back. No, don't. I have Miles Sanders on my fantasy team. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. He would be taking better. the... Um, snaps Corey Clement keeps taking. Or Boston Scott. Boston the, the only running back touchdown of the week. Thanks very much, Eagles. No, Corey Clement scored one. Oh, yeah, he did too. Either way. It's with the problem. He gets them all the way down the field, and then they take him off the field. It's just weird. Like, the Dolphins are trending in the right direction, and then you take, yep. a, you know, a very veteran running back, and you... Scratch there had to have been something going on because they tried to trade him, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those weird things because now the veterans go straight to waivers and all that shit. But I don't know. Just questionable for me. Yep. You guys been watching this weird episode of Breaking Bad where DeAndre Baker and his lawyer are doing, like, crimes, but no one can figure out what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's so strange. The, the story now broke the today. have been dropped? Yeah, they, they drop all charges against uh, ex-Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and apparently arrested his lawyer, and his lawyer has been charged with extortion. I thought it was based... the lawyer of the other guys. No, it was based on his lawyer, because his lawyer was like, how much do you want? What will it take to make these charges go away? And apparently the number was $226,000. And he was like, done. Each. <laughs> so, uh, that's a very yeah. specific number. Like, can you yeah. imagine being like, I want 225. You know what? No. I want $226,000. <laughs> so does that mean he's available to play cornerback again? I, I know a team know, that could use him. <laughs> we'll I mean, see, if Antonio but... Brown can do it, why can't DeAndre Baker? Exactly, I know he's not yeah. as talented, but the NFL doesn't really care about the crimes you commit or what type of person you are. And how about this proposed NFL diversity program they're trying to roll out? Yeah, this has been really weird because obviously the uh, the NFL came out with that kind of I don't know I don't know if I want to call it rule or whatever. The fact that they were going to award teams that hired minority head coaches and GMs uh, two third round compensatory picks. The teams have now started to come out and say that we weren't actually consulted about this. And so it was just kind of like a swift movement to, yes, this is what we're going to do in lieu of everything that's going on in the country. Like not, a, not a bad move from the NFL standpoint, but if you don't get everybody in, everybody in the league's input about it, now it, it kind of gets a little fishy. And you had some, some people coming out and saying... And I quote, this will affect us all, and we want it to be involved in the process. And we don't know whether it's lip service or real, and we just want to be judged on our own merits. Which makes a lot of sense, because, you know, you can run into a situation where you just have a team that's in a dumpster, and they go out and make a minority hire, just to kind of appease the league, just to pick up a couple extra draft picks. 
So, I mean, you know, I had questions about this when it started, and and that was exactly it. Was are people just gonna hire minority, you know, coaches, uh, GMs, just to try to pick up a couple extra draft picks, and then fire them as soon as they could? This doesn't make sense. I don't. I don't like how this is playing out. It. Uh, I don't know. Kind of seemed like you said, like kind of get uh take advantage of what was yeah. going on and get some good PR. Right. It, it it's completely counterintuitive. It's the whole thing. Like, there are a lot of minority uh, coaches that are in the league right now that are deserving of consideration for head coaching spots and for them to do something like this now it just i don't know it, it makes it makes it feel disingenuous more than anything else hey guess what chicken butt philadelphia eagles suck fucking suck <sighs> it was not good you got out coached by joe judge and the clapper did you listen to uh, Doug Peterson's radio interview? I was reading the transcript before we got on. It was one of the more awkward things I've ever listened to. Most of Doug's press conferences are. He was straight. He was, oh, it's bad. I'm pretty sure he's got them running laps. Like they're probably still out there running right now. He sounded pissed. I mean, he literally said he was pissed. Like but. six times. That was the whole point of his interview. He's not happy with them boys. Um. So uh, pathetic, pathetic showing. The only thing you can take out of this, if you want to try to take something positive, was Carson didn't turn the ball, ball over at all. And... uh he got the ball into, you know, he was checking it down, not making any, like, crazy deep throws, trying to play hero ball. So, I guess you could take that out of it. Jim Schwartz, after a bye, playing a team he's already played once, just completely didn't learn his lesson. So, there's that and all the meatballs that it comes with. Now we have five straight games worth versus teams that are, right now, would be in the playoffs. So, can't wait to go 0 oh, and 6 over a six game stretch. But the Vikings, as I said, beat the Bears tonight, so that's cool. They did. And <laughs> that was one of the more ugly games that I've ever watched. Uh you have one team in the Vikings that you know, obviously they've had some some serious success in the last couple of weeks running the ball. And you're going up against a defense that has been very stingy against the run. And they tried to establish it. They really did early on. But the Bears were not ready to break at all uh, in the running game. And the Bears had no business even being in this game. Other than the opening kickoff of the second half where <laughs> we watched Mike Cordero Zimmer does Cordero. just berate the special teams coordinator on the sideline after they kicked the opening half kickoff to Cordell Patterson, four yards deep in the end zone, and he returns it all the way for a touchdown as if you haven't seen that before because he 
did it in his rookie year in the same stadium. Again, like the, the literally the returns looked exactly the same. <laughs> it was unbelievable. But I mean, you know, the the important part is they won. It's troublesome because they couldn't find a way to get, you know, to hold a lead, extend a lead, do anything to get themselves in a comfortable position. Um, but yeah, the Chicago Bears offense just allowed them to look like they were stout on defense in this game. And the fact that Chicago only scored six points on the two turnovers, the Minnesota gave them the Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph's first lost fumble of his career. First. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it took him a real long time. And you only get a field goal out of it. Uh, you get Kurt Cousins back there throwing a Brett Favre fastball into Adam Thielen that he can't hold on to. And Khalil Mack comes up with the interception. Again, only get a field goal. So this is one of those games, and again, you have you're gonna have to. Uh... Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, the defense got put in a situation where uh, you haven't been that great. You're rotating guys in that people have never heard of before. If you're not a Minnesota Vikings fan, and you're still uh, led the ability to shut down that Chicago Bears offense. No running back. Like, Cordell Patterson is literally the running back for the Bears. He did everything for the team tonight. And, I I mean, I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. And you heard the guys talking on Monday Night Football about the fact that, the, you know, you switch the play calls. You know, Matt Nagy's not calling the, the plays anymore. Laser is. And... He continued to put them in a situation where they're they're in the tight formation, you know, kind of plays. It doesn't allow Nick Foles to read the defense and figure out, okay, like here's what here's what they're playing. Mike Zimmer loves to run those defenses where he throws everybody up on the line of scrimmage and then drops guys out, blitzes guys, whatever. You can't allow yourself to get in, you know, crucial down, you know, short, third and short situations, and you have no idea what the defense is throwing at you. So, yes, okay, I know when Kansas City was struggling and Matt Nagy was there, Andy Reid was like, I'm not going to call plays anymore. I'm going to hand it off to Matt Nagy. And they had some success. So Matt Nagy kind of. You know, took a page out of his playbook and was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if we can do the same thing. But it didn't work out. Like, you didn't give your quarterback any chance to have success against this defense when this defense isn't that good. So, I mean, great for the Vikings, bad for the Bears. The Vikings are playing teams that are 6-22 and combined the next three weeks. So now at four and five, you give yourself an ability to get back into the playoff race here. Playoffs. Yeah, loved loved the uh, the result of the game. It wasn't great. Adam Thielen, that touchdown catch. 
That 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 touchdown catch though, or the the first touchdown they scored. Holy oh shit! And that, that one that he dropped. I mean, yeah, he's been bastard. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a that was a, that was a Kirk Cousins mistake, over the little crossing route over the middle. Just get it out in front of him a little bit and let him run into it. Easy touchdown. Andy Jackson makes a great play, uh, knocks the ball out of his hands. But, um, yeah. This team still has a Good ton Good of win. work to do. ton of work to do. Uh, but let's, better do uh, it quick. It's week 11. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Next three weeks, you're playing against... Get your ass in gear. You're playing against uh, inferior opponents. So you need to assert your dominance. And you're not playing a Chicago Bears defense that doesn't allow anybody to run on them. So this is a building block right here. And if you want to be a playoff team, <laughs> now's the time to shine. Elijah looked like you wanted to talk like four times. <laughs> so we all knew that the Patriots were going to beat the Ravens. Like it was obvious. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's what I put I money on. It. That's what I picked last week. Don't listen back. Um, <laughs> clearly the Patriots were helped. And sorry, Steve, I assumed you were done talking because you'd been talking for a while. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. That's what I said. Please (laughs) cut me off. (laughs) Uh, The Patriots were uh, helped by a little old lady named Mother Nature and her brother, Brother Nature. Uh, It was sloppy. (laughs) And uh, I don't, having watched it, I'm still not exactly sure where everything went wrong. Right and wrong, because it was just such a fucking mess. Uh, Baltimore couldn't snap the ball correctly to save their life. Yeah, that was, was trouble. There was just, yeah, transfer There's issues. There's a lot of that in the NFL. The Patriots. Bad snaps all over the place. Miss, uh, cutting. Nick Folk can't always hit it through the middle, so like that was almost an issue, but then it wasn't. But watching this game, it's hard to take anything away other than this was just an absolute... Near the end of the game, watching it on TV, like it was tough to see shit. Like, that's how oh, yeah. hard it was the, raining. The it broadcast, you couldn't ridiculous. see anything. Ridiculous. So when the Patriots had a 10-point lead, even though it's Lamar Jackson, I felt pretty confident in the fourth quarter for the first time in, like, <laughs> for a while. Because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't do, neither team could do anything other than, than and the Ravens couldn't even take the, the, the snap. Just take the snap, hand it off, run three yards ahead. That's the plan. Uh, it, at no, the end of mediocre. The game, Mediocre teams like us, who we have a ritual, and we'd like to invite you into it. It's called every year you win one game that you have no business fucking winning. This was the Patriots for yeah, the year. They Steal the game. No business. If someone had given me a hundred dollars and been like, "You can put it on anything in the Patriots game," I would have bet the Ravens to win by like seventeen. Honestly, I'd have put it down for Ravens plus seventeen and taken those odds, and somehow the Patriots won. I'm a terrible fan, maybe uh, a non-believer, but I went into it completely uh, assuming that it wasn't going to be close. It was going to be ugly. I know the Ravens haven't played super well this year, but I did not think it would be any sort of contest, and somehow the Patriots won. Now, they're fo- uh, four and five, uh, and that's a bad number to be because let's say they finish too. strong. Let's say they finish strong. What do they end up at, nine and seven? If they finish real strong. Best case scenario, yes. Yeah. So maybe they sneak into the last playoff spot and may- maybe 
they go on a run, but do they? And probably not. And they end up with the 17th pick, and then they pick, I don't know. Anyone they trade s- out of the first round? Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, so they take 17, and they trade back to wherever, and then they pick, uh, I don't know, what's the most obscure college football program you can think of? Dan Smith, BYU. Dan Smith, BYU. Nope, BYU, <laughs> way too big of a school. Because the first pick they had last University year was from Texas, Lenore Rhines University. It'd probably be from, I don't know, what's an all-girls school? They'd probably draft a safety <laughs> from there. But it'd be the McCauley? one guy that went there. Uh, I don't know. Sarasota, uh, I can't remember the Parks and Rec. Sarasota State. Yeah, exactly. He went to... Uh, yeah, exactly. Where'd Jill the Plumber go? Uh, West Mumfuck State University. Yeah. So, anywho... They're not going to have a top draft pick. They're not going to replace a quarterback. I don't think they'll pay Cam Newton, but maybe Cam Newton's telling the truth and he doesn't want all the money. He hasn't played good enough to get, like, a NBA term, hasn't played good enough to get a max deal, but he also hasn't played bad enough to not get anything. So, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like... It, uh, next year when Cam's on the Bears, they'll be crazy. It's It's kind of been a question for me, like, thinking about the Patriots season the way it's gone so far and then if you transition I mean because they look like a team that's going to win six or seven games which doesn't get you that upper echelon quarterback you know that we're thinking are going to be good NFL quarterbacks uh, moving forward and so it's just kind of maybe the plan all along was Jacoby Myers Uh, maybe shout out (laughs) to plays that was a hell of a play what a what a great play design, and also, how do the Patriots continue to draft former college quarterbacks to play wide receiver? It's just what they do. I have no hey, idea I got a why Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback for the Titans and not a wide receiver on the Patriots. <laughs> so true. Uh, uh, well, this week coming up is Wentz week. It's week eleven. My little joke. And we got the Patriots at the Texans. The Eagles are going to go to the Browns. And the Vikings are going to house, host, 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 host the Cowgirls. So before we get into that sort of picking and talking games, why don't we check out the playoff picture? Powerhouse, yeah, they building up the dream scene. Sleeper teams keep trucking. Watch out for the six Playoff picture clearing up. Unlike Steven's eyes. All right, playoff picture for the first time this year. We are starting it going into week 11. So we got seven weeks of football left. Some teams have not had their bye. Some teams have. Let's start in the AFC where the number one seed currently sits in Pittsburgh with the undefeated 9-0 Steelers. The two seed, which this year will not get a bye, but host the seven seed. Watch out for the seven seed! <laughs> this year, as of right now, we have the two seed as the Chiefs, 8-1, and one, and the Baltimore Ravens would be the seven seed at 6-3. Six 6-3 and three. Six and three right now is the wild card. That's crazy. That's seven the yeah, seven a new wild card seed is 6 and 3. Jeez. Like that the AFC didn't look this powerful early on in the season. 
Like going into the season, we were like, "There's no, it's a two-team race, way. and everybody else is going to be okay." I believe Elijah even said the Steelers would finish below 500 for the first time since forever. Are we are we calling out bad predictions? I nope, they were I'm gonna just win the division. calling it out. Is that what we're doing? We're going back to that show and we're calling out bad predictions. <laughs> so the three <laughs> seed, uh, the four seed would be the Colts at six and three, hosting the Raiders at six and three, which would be the five seed. The three seed right now is the Buffalo Bills at seven and three. They would host the six and three Dolphins in the six seed. Holy shit. Woohoo! AFC East battle. Man. But in the hunt, still in the AFC, technically everybody is still alive. The 0-9 Jets are technically not eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> Figure that one out. Mathematically, the Jets could still make a run, guys. This is where <laughs> we're Joe at. Flacco time. The realistic options are the Titans at six and three and the Browns at six and three. <laughs> There's still two teams not making the playoffs at six and three right now. Also, they have the Patriots in there at four and five, still alive. Hey, Elijah? run back run back to the Dolphins real quick. Dolphins currently six and three. Tua Tangavaloa started his rookie season 3-0 and for the first time for the Miami Dolphins since quarterback Dan Marino? No. No. Rookie quarterbacks. Ray who, Finkel. Who could, who could the rookie quarterbacks be started 3-0 and for the Miami Dolphins? Josh Rosen? Don Shula's kids? Damon <laughs> Heward. <laughs> Uh, he was just calling games the other night. Forget which game I watched, but he called it. Nice guy. He does do a good job, I think. Yeah. Let me borrow his VCR once. All right, in the NFC, <laughs> the current one seed would be the Green Bay Packers at 7-2. and two. And then we move to the two seed Saints at 7-2, and two, would be hosting the seven seed Seahawks at 6-3. and three. The Cardinals currently have the three seed at six and three, would face the six seed Rams at six and three. And somehow, by the stars of Jesus, the four seed currently falls to the Suckadelphia Eagles at three, five, and one. Do you feel bad? Because <laughs> I'm you embarrassed. Feel bad. They would host. The five seed, seven and three, Buccaneers, and boy, would that be a close game right down to the wire. But doesn't it make <laughs> you feel bad to say that? No, it feels like a normal football season. <laughs> this is insane because I just want to—I want Sean getting the teams that are in the hunt right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Teams in the hunt currently: the Bears at five and five, the Vikings at four and five, the Lions at four and five. <laughs> Still in the hunt, the three and seven Giants, the two and seven football team, and the two and seven Cowboys, because one of those three teams is gonna have to win the NFC East, and we'll have a home game in the playoffs. 
Remember when the Seahawks did it? They were like seven and nine, and everyone went crazy. Yeah, and they beat the Saints. We were playing at the Dover Brickhouse that night. Oh yeah, I was there. That's right. I went to the Dover Brickhouse. Yeah, we watched that game at the bar at the Brickhouse while Too Late the Hero played. All right, that is the playoff picture as it sits right now. We'll update it again next week and continue until the playoffs are locked in or have begun. But now it is time to get to some studies and duddies. Studies, studies, studies. Studs and duds, studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. Studs and duds for week 10 are in the books, written down in pen. No erasing. You can't change your answers, so stop looking at me like that. Elijah. You're looking nice today. Why don't you stud me? J.C. Jackson is a pretty good corner, and he had an interception for the fifth game in a row, and that makes him a stud because it was a pretty important one, and the Patriots won because of it. Am I homer for picking J.C. Jackson when all he had was one interception? Maybe, but that's who I picked. Yeah, especially when he fell down last week for touchdown. Mm. Well, I'm going to start with oh, is this Ronald Jones. <laughs> From Thomas Patrick Wayne Newton's cousin Brady, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Rojo hit a 98-yard touchdown run and ended up with 192 yards and a touchdown. Have a day. That is a very average day, tail-ended by a play that made it less than better than average. I mean, he still had almost 100 yards on the ground. Exactly. Almost. My first stud was uh, Mr. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. The big burger. 27 for 46, 333 yards. Threw four touchdowns to three different receivers. Pretty good. They uh, beat up on the Cincinnati Bungles. Ah, wicked. Uh, Gave it to them soft and squishy. Very squishy. Uh, my second stud comes from the sport of golf. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone realizes the Masters was played this week in November for the first time. And Dustin Johnson won. And he followed up his uh, very dominant golfing victory by getting a little fresh with Polina Gretzky on <laughs> national television. A bum bum. Give him the bum bum squeeze. Good job. <laughs> They're walking up after he wins and he just tosses the hand back there and gives her the old goose. <laughs> Squeeze. On national uh-huh. television. Uh, but he had just won something like $4 million. And then his supermodel wife came up, gave him some kisses. He gave him yeah. the old butter squeeze and off he went to get his green jacket. If if I just shot the lowest under par score in Masters history, <laughs> yes, I would, I would also squeeze my wife's bum as well. And Dustin Johnson just seems like such a cool guy. Like, uh... He goes out, he plays, he's got his little southern drawl, and they're like, hey, Dustin, you kind of fucked it up. He's like, yeah, man, I kind of fucked it up, but then I didn't, and I won the Masters, and I squeezed her butt. (laughs) And that's his life. (laughs) Wow. So good. Well, my last stud is DeAndre Hopkins, Nook the Bomb, and this is foreshadowing, but seven catches, 127 yards, and one giant touchdown. Have a day. You sound like your dad. That stupid fucking hat he had made. (laughs) One giant loss. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, my second stud and shout out to uh, my son Arlo for going to bed before 9 o'clock this evening. Funny story. I just heard him screaming. He's awake right now. So perfect timing. <laughs> Good job, guys. Delete him from the studs and put him in the duds. <laughs> it's not my problem. It's my wife's right now. <laughs> All right. Dudley do right numero uno then is going to start on this side of the building because the first dud is the coaching staff of the Philadelphia Eagles for totally unprepared lackluster game plan on both sides of the ball. That was just pathetic coming out of a bye. Wentz did everything everybody screamed at all week that they want him to do. Stop being so risky. Stop playing hero ball. Take what the defense gives you. Well, he did over and over and over. And there was no play calling creativity. There was no defensive creativity. It was like they brought the same game plan from the first match, which didn't work. Duds. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a bad team. You should win if you want to win this division. Terrible. Speaking of terrible, everything that the Denver Broncos did in this game this week against the Las Vegas Raiders was absolutely awful. Especially, like, offensive play calling, atrocious. They kept Drew Locke and just awful situations never gave him like they didn't do anything to just open up the offense and allow this guy to have success and then he got fucking sacked and hurt his ribs on top of that so the Denver Broncos are my first dud you got squish in a game that you know could have kind of swayed maybe a, a playoff spot in your division bad and also, you ruined Steve's preseason prediction. And that was that was a already ruined preseason even happening. Oh, and speaking of squished, R.I.P. Dalvin Cook's testicles. I mean, that was best case scenario because he he would have fumbled that ball if he didn't have to squeeze his legs together to protect his nuts. Oh my God! He squeezed he his legs together after that ball went into his squash. Yeah. I, Went went down in the nether region there, and he tightened up and <laughs> caught that fumble between his ankles. Luckily, <laughs> he That's caught the it with his they balls. Won that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elijah, Duddy Dud Dudlitz. Uh, my first dud is Tom Brady, and it's not because of what he did this week in terms of football productivity, but it's that Antonio Brown story. Antonio Brown's living with him. Like, apparently, Tony Robbins is in as a life coach, and they're doing, like, Tom, Antonio, and Tony are all this kumbaya bullshit. But <laughs> bad people that do bad things are bad people that do bad things. And, and just because Antonio Brown moves in with Tom Brady and doesn't beat the shit out of someone for two weeks or doesn't threaten someone or doesn't, you know, uh, destroy uh, security camera footage for two weeks doesn't, doesn't redeem Antonio Brown. And if... If the stories are true, and you know maybe they're not, maybe we're incorrect, maybe I'm being a dick about it. If the stories are true, and Antonio Brown was brought in specifically at Tom Brady's uh, request and beyond request, like uh, uh, demanding uh, to make the Buccaneers a little bit better at football, despite him being just an absolutely repugnant human being with very few redeeming qualities other than catching the ball and running to the end zone, then I think that's pretty uh, Dudley. Uh, I think it's uh, kind of bullshit. 
sends a wrong message for sure. It's terrible. Like, yeah. you're it's a good team. You have good receivers. You didn't need Antonio Brown, Tom. You're not. Your job is not to somehow. So you got to throw to him for one game last year, and he went away, and the team got worse. That's fine, but uh, you're not his uh, probation officer. You're you're not the the person that needs to save him. Uh, he doesn't deserve a second chance, or then second chance is silly. He doesn't deserve a whatever it is thirteenth chance. Yeah, I mean uh, this is simply a. Can this guy help us? Absolutely. Super talented wide receiver. Is he worth the headache? Hell, hell fucking no. Even and obviously yeah. we've, we've already seen, like now, here we are, him two weeks in. Oh, well, here he is, getting mad at somebody and throwing a bicycle at another guy. Like, Oh, well, that was a month ago before yeah, he joined the team. He's changed. Yeah. No, he it's hasn't. Not, no, he's the same dude. He's not going to make any... And he hasn't made an impact on the team yet. That's the other thing, no, too. He's constantly running the wrong route. Yeah, it's just... I mean, there's just no synchronicity. Is that a word? Uh, Synchronism. Synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah, Either that's way... too big a word for me. If we get on to our second duds, mine is going to be the Chicago Bears offense. They can't figure this shit out. Matt Nagy gave up his play-calling abilities this week. Offensive coordinator, Bill Laser. Uh, Bill Laser. Bill Laser did a terrible job Laser against being. a Vikings defense that is incredibly beat up. It's so bad. And if you can't you know find a way, worse. Laser took took over play calling, or you know, was given play calling, and he went into this game and thought, you know what would beat the Vikings? I'm going to hand it off to Cordero Patterson like 11 or 12 times. I mean, but he might have been the best option on their offense. That's the worst part. No Montgomery this week. And no, but honestly, they got... I mean, if you look at the entire game, Cordero Patterson had the most impact on the game, whether it be that return for touchdown yeah. or just him running the ball out of the backfield or him they need catching to get the Mooney ball out of the edge. More. Like, it was... That that he was their offense, they have no idea what to do. Mm-mm. And now, okay, if if you healthy scratch Mitchell Trubisky, and now Nick Foles is injured, you're screwed. I thought he had a shoulder injury. Who? Trubisky. Trubisky was technically not a healthy scratch. I don't know how hurt he is, but technically either way, he was, he was not an a complete healthy scratch. He was He'll an be playing tonight. next week. You watch. So I, I mean, I don't care what you do, but if you want to bench Trubisky, a guy that you traded up to make him the the guy that you drafted second overall in the draft, and now you're like, oh, you're our savior. You're in trouble. You're in so much trouble. Get Speaking Maggie of trouble, the hell out of there. The Seattle Seahawks seem to be flailing here. Got some tough losses and some tough play from Russell Wilson. He's going to be my dud, number two, for two interceptions and a fumble. And just some genuinely sloppy, un-Russell Wilson-like play, man. Hate to see it. Dude, I'm going to shout out honorable mention for studs to Jalen Ramsey for shutting DK Matt Def down. Oh, my God. It might have been 30 routes that 
DK Metcalf ran, and I think Jalen Ramsey was coming from like 28, and DK Metcalf made like two catches. Definitely earned his money. Elijah? Hey, my last one's about golf again. Uh, <laughs> Bryson D. Elijah joins our football co- podcast and wants to talk about everything but. <laughs> it's Masters Week, man. Bryson DeChambeau, he was a jerk. He said, I'm going to win by a lot. And then he lost to Bernard Langer. Here's the thing about Bernard Langer. He's German. Uh, he's also 63, 63. years old. <laughs> so Bryson comes Epic. in, says, I'm going to win. It's like par 67. I'm going to dominate this course. And he lost to Bernard oh, Langer, God. a 63-year-old man. And it was amazing. Shout out Bernhard. Uh, listen, as a professional golfer, Never call out Augusta National and say, over oh, me, it's a par 67. I hope that guy never breaks par at Augusta National. Ever you see his again. ball just disappear? Augusta was like, You talking shit, Bryce? The third hole? Guess what? Guess what? I just ate your that ball. That tee shot on the third hole? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Wasn't yeah. even off the f- yeah. fairway that far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I mean. I just hope, I literally hope. That guy never breaks par at Augusta National ever again. Augusta National said in a very uh, elegant Southerner voice, like, Oh, hello, sir. Talk shit. Oh, get hit. Talk shit, get hit. I am from the South. Is that how Southerners sound? <laughs> it's not even no, close, but Not fine. even remotely. You know what Southerners do talk Most about? Most of them are offended right now. You know what the Southerners do talk about, though? Sex, Plays of the week for week number 10. Plays of the week, I will say it again. All right, plays the week, week 10. Yo, 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 I got a pretty good one. How about that Kyler Murray walk-off Hail Mary to Nook the Bomb with three guys completely shrouding him somehow pulls it in for the game. Winning. Touchdown. That's, like, literally had to go back and I Google searched uh, Megatron making a similar play against the Cincinnati Bengals. Thought I could watch it, and I was like, eh. <laughs> that was basically exactly the same thing. Unbelievable. DeAndre Hopkins is a fucking animal. <laughs> and how the fuck did Bill O'Brien let him get away? Stupid. A second round pick in David Johnson. Unbelievable. Uh, my play of the week is a shout out to Sean, because thanks for trading this guy away to... Robert Ramos allowing me to lose in fantasy this week. What? Ronald Jones. I didn't trade him Ronald Jones. You didn't? Traded him David Montgomery. Okay. Either way. And more than a feeling. Ronald Jones had a 98-yard touchdown run. Became the fourth uh, running back in NFL history to have a Touchdown run of a 98 plus yards. And they, I just didn't look like anybody cared to tackle him. But oh, there, there was one 
cornerback safety, I don't know, secondary guy from Carolina who didn't realize that the field was actually 110 yards long and just dove for him at the 40-yard line. And, yeah, I mean, he could have caught him, but whatever. Rojo, 98-yard touch and run. Play of the week. Uh... Patriots wide receivers and having played quarterback, name a more iconic duo. You can't, because macaroni and cheese. Oh, really? <laughs> you ever heard of just cheese? <laughs> you don't even need macaroni <laughs> at all. I think macaroni and cheese is the most one-sided relationship in history. No one's eating macaroni and cheese for the macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about wide receivers. I'm here for the cheese. Uh, yeah, what was your play of the week? Uh, I was a uh, little man named Jacoby Myers, who apparently is now the best wide receiver on the Patriots, which is not difficult to do um, because they don't have any. Uh, but what he did best this week was throw a touchdown pass to good old sexy Rexy Burkhead on a uh, wide receiver screen go wheel route pass to Burkhead. Uh, it was like uh, Julian Edelman, except, I don't know, he's hurt, so it was good. <laughs> uh, I, I, what a great play design from Josh McDaniels. It Honestly, they, the throw, so so the play design was good, and it, you know, you got Burkhead running down. He was kind of covered, and Jacoby yeah. Myers dropped it right on him. Like the safety he, was he coming over, he, and he just yeah. dropped it on him. It almost looked like he like underthrew him, but because of where the coverage was, it just set Burkhead up perfectly to just jump underneath the coverage and just catch it. And I, I mean, amazing. And it's exactly what the Patriots needed to uh, to pull off that uh, victory. So Jacoby so, Myers hasn't gotten his money yet, so I know he won't do this. But how amazing would it be if he walked in the locker room like tomorrow and he just like up to Cam Newton was like, "Hey, I'm the captain now." <laughs> and he was just like all of a sudden he was like I'm the quarterback and Bill Belichick was like get out of here and he's like nope I am the quarterback of the team <laughs> that's it it's Ooh, up in the air it's hey uh air. just for one second I am talking directly to you Stephen James Lamont don't think we are gonna get away without us mentioning the unplay of the week brought to you in part by the Green Bay Packers punter J.K. Scott, who got juked out of his pajama pants on the Keelan Cole punt return touchdown. If you haven't seen it, it's funny. The longest punt return in Jaguars franchise history. Jesus. The fact that that was even a game is just a joke. All right, let's get to the pick'em. Hey, pick em, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh, picking spreads over under long shots. Ha! You know we got it cause our bank rolls on top. All right, we are ready for the pick em week 11. Start with a quick recap of week 10. Not so good for Madden going 3 and 11. Not so good for me going 5 and 9. Average for Elijah going seven and seven. Woo! And of course, Steve takes another jump at nine and five. Through week ten, the standings as follows: Madden seventy-eight and seventy. Ah, uh, Sean, that's me. 
85 and 63. Elijah, 87, 61. Ding Dong Smith, a.k.a. the OG Olive Garden Pimp. Super Sticky Steve Knox, 97 and 51. Just hanging out over the ledge now, waiting for us to drip on it. Notables from Week 10. There was only two, and of course, they're both Steve. Dolphins win 29-21. Steve had 29-23. Basically, nailed it with a boner. And then the Saints won 27-13. Steve had 30-16. to Close enough for me. It's close enough for Steve. Let's go to week 11. And I didn't have the lines ready, <laughs> we so, have lines, so it's fine. Steve, you're going to have to go with it. It's Monday. Well, it's technically Tuesday now. It's 12-27 in the morning. And I don't even know if they have lines out yet. But we're going to roll with it anyways. Cardinals at the Seahawks on Thursday night football. Madden says that the Seahawks are going to win 24-7. to Boy, oh boy. Neither of the defenses are good enough for that score. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. And it's going to be uh, 31, because that's my favorite number, to 24. 31 to 24. I'll go next because I know a score that's better. The Cardinals winning this game. 26-25. Yeah, I have to pick the Cardinals as well. Um, this is uh, the, what the Seahawks have done over the past couple weeks has not been great. And I think that the uh, Cardinals are going to be able to take advantage of that. So... Take the Cardinals as well to win. Uh, let's go 24 to 18. Oh. Moving on to the Sunday 1 o'clock slate Steelers at the Jaguars. And Madden says the Steelers win 28 to 9. I mean, I have to agree with with Madden here I know the Steelers have never started 10-0 uh, in franchise history but this year is the year uh, Steelers win 20-3 yeah there's no logical reason to pick the Jags here uh, so I won't I'll take the Steelers I don't think it'll be close 28-3 to... Ah, 10. I do think the Steelers are rolling right now, but there's something a little scrappy about the Jags. They took they took Green Bay Jake to the Luton. limit. Jake Luton. He's there. I'm going to take the Steelers to win, but I'm going to say the Steelers have to win 27 to 23. And moving on to Lions at the Panthers and God, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Teddy Bridgewater, and knee injuries. God, no hopefully it's minor. No structural damage after the MRI. So Poor bastard. Uh, it, it, it's not great, but you just hope he's able to play. Uh, Madden says Lions win 24-14. And I'm going to say... Uh, thinking Teddy doesn't play. I'm going to take the Lions. And I'm going to say, I don't know, 23-13. 
Hey, I'm on the same board. I'm, uh, I'm assuming Teddy doesn't play. Because whether or not he has a serious injury... Well, it's not serious, but... I think they want to sit him. Make sure they have you know, something moving forward. So I'll take the Lions to win... Uh, 32-26. to 26. I have a different opinion. I think the Panthers win. Because I do not think Matt Patricia is a good football coach. And I think he'll cost them the game. And I think it'll be terrible. And I think it'll be low scoring. And I think it'll be awful to watch. But I think the Panthers win 17-10. to 10. Uh, There's something about Matthew Stafford. Where he just seems to put up these ridiculous numbers. Even when the team sucks somehow. First JPP game of the week is the Patriots at the Texans. Uh-oh. <laughs> Madden says Texans win 40-34. to 34. Elijah, how do you feel about that? I think the Texans will win, but I don't think either team goes over, you know, 23. So with that... <laughs> Combined, they're not going over 40. No, no, I, I, I don't think so. So I'll take the Texans. I think it's... Uh, that's how you spell that. I'll take the Texans, and I think it's 23 to 14. You know what's crazy about this is the Texans just lost 10 to 7. Was yes. this 1942? I'm going to say the Patriots pull this one out, and I'm going to say they win 24 to 10. I'm also on the Patriots train. You guys uh, are so dumb. <laughs> I know it seems dumb, but I've watched what the Texans have done, and Bill O'Brien is a fucking mess of himself. I'm well, that's because he was fired weeks ago. Yeah, I'm, I, that's what I mean. Like, he put this fucking team in, in shambles. I'll take well, the. Well, they're uh, not doing Deshaun Watson any favors either. That's why, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, Patriots to win 20 to 9. Bam. Put it in the mouth like wham. Next game up is Titans at the Ravens. <laughs> and Ben uh, says Ravens win 31 to 24. A very close game. Um, given the way that the Ravens offense has looked, I'm gonna pick the Titans here. I'm taking the Titans. Titans are gonna beat the Ram or the Ravens. Uh. At a score of 23 to 21. I think the Ravens bounce back after losing to a terrible, terrible New England Patriots team. So I think that they bounce back. Uh, Lamar Jackson scores some points uh, by scoring. And I think the score is 28 to 14. I think the Ravens, this is a good bounce back week for them too. And we're going to go 34-31 in a shootout. Oh, shit. Moving on to some crap versus the Browns. <laughs> the shit bowl of the week. The Eagles at the Browns. <laughs> Madden says Eagles win 21-16. And I disagree. The Browns are going to flush the Eagles 24-13. Not going to be pretty. Uh, give me the Eagles here. 
take the Eagles to win. Uh, not going to be flashy. It's not going to be fun. But the Eagles win 17-16. to 16. I agree with Steven. I think the Eagles flush the Browns. Stole your joke. And I will say that they do it 24-21. to 21. All right. Gaining a game there. Falcons at the Saints in the pandering to Sean's wife. Game of the week. Divisional matchup without Drew Brees. No Drew Brees, but Madden. I know this is probably doesn't Drew know Brees that. in it, but Madden says Saints win 28-21. I will not pander to Sean's wife because the Saints will not win this game. The Falcons fly, Falcons fly, baby. And it's uh, 27 <laughs> to 23. <laughs> Yo, we're going to get primetime Jameis Winston. Not in primetime, but like prime Jameis Winston. So he's either going to have 400 yards and five touchdowns, or he's going to have 250 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. I honestly disagree. I think he could have 400 yards and five interceptions. I'm going to take the Saints to win 34-17 because Sean Payton is a master when he has time to game plan. Oh, is that what your with- wife says? He can't even wear his mask right. Hey, <laughs> she'd probably agree with you. I'm going to take the uh, Falcons to win 27 to 24. The JoJo Burgers. The Cincinnati Bengals against a football team in a game of an American football. Ben says the football team will win 25 to 21. Take the Bengals. I'll I'll take the Bengals to win in a score of 24 to 11. Listen, one time long ago, my mom told me, you never bet against a football team. So I will take a football team to win 27 to 18. JoJo and the Burgers, baby. Fuck Washington. 28. 27. Four o'clock slate. Four o'clock slate. It's time. And we'll start with the Jets at the Chargers. This was a COVID swap game. Yeah, uh, Chargers favored by Madden. 24-17. And I think the Chargers are going to easily win this game. And I don't know how the Jets score 17. So I'm going to go 24-9. to I'll take the Chargers to win 17 to 6. Sounds about right. I'm going to take the Chargers to win 31 to 7. Sneaker Baba. <laughs> Next up is another COVID swap. Dolphins at the Donks. Couple of D-Dongs. <laughs> Madden has the Dolphins winning 24 to 21. Listen, as a Patriots fan, I really, really want the Broncos to win, but they won't. The Dolphins are not bad all of a sudden. Uh, So I'll take the Dolphins, 24, Broncos, 9. And they got a guy named Van Hinkle who seems to be making plays every week. That's kind of weird. It's actually uh, Van Halen's cousin. Oh, all right. Well, I'm also going to go fins up here. It's two a time to pick this game. Dolphins, 29. Donks, 19. 
It's definitely two o'clock. No doubt about that. Uh, Dolphins Boo. win 23-12. Cowboys at the Vikings. Madden says Cowboys win 31-17. Sugar In Man your first special. John Lamont special of the week. Vikings win 31-17. Double Sugar Man special. I will also take the Vikings. And I will take the Double Sugar Man special. So the Vikings win. Uh... 62 to 34. 62 to 34. <laughs> Vikings score early enough. <laughs> 34 to 10 Vikings. Packers at Colts. Uh, Madden says Packers win 34. 37-34. Uh, Monster shootout. I know the Colts are playing good football. This, that, and the Frogs are on the West Coast when they got toast. Packers going to roll, though, and it's not even going to be close. 27 to 14. I, I, I really like what the Colts do. And what the Colts do is what the Packers have been vulnerable to. And that's running the ball up the middle of the field. This is exactly what they had trouble stopping last year. Same old Packers scene. They'll get two Smith brothers on one side of the line for some reason. And then you have nobody to stop uh, anything up the middle. So I'll take the Colts to win uh, 27-23. Even though... Philip Rivers can well, field cool. an entire football team with his children. Uh, that doesn't mean they're good. The Packers are going to win. The Packers <laughs> are going to win easily. Uh, at a score of, uh, I don't know, 36 to 15. <laughs> Let's go. I guess we got a pretty exciting Sunday night football game coming up here this week. The Chiefs at the Raiders, and if you remember, the Raiders won the first meeting between these two. Yeah, and if you haven't forgot, Andy Reid is not a fan of the Chiefs' mindset of circling the stadium after they won with their team buses. Raiders. What did I Raiders say? mindset. You said Chiefs. Oh, okay. He's not a fan of the Raiders' mindset of... Let's just drive around the stadium with our buses after we won the game. Hey. <laughs> that was says, a really good John Gruden impression. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, Madden says Chiefs win 34-28. Take the buses around the arena. I'll uh, circle the wagons. I mean, can we all just agree the Chiefs win? Like, that's what it is. And I don't think it'll be close. I think the Chiefs go out and absolutely steamroll the Las Vegas Angeles Raiders 42-17. to They're supposed to steamroll them, but for some reason they always play them close. 24-20 Chiefs. <clears throat> yeah, I say Chiefs win this game as well. I say the Chiefs win it by a score of 29-20. 
Monday night football, football, football. The jerk offs versus the old man Brady. Rams at Bucks. Madden says Buccaneers win 24-17. Yeah, doggy. I want to see Tom Brady flop in primetime again. I'm going to take the Rams to go out there and score some points and win 27-21. to I'll take the Buccaneers win 34-30. to I don't believe in karma because if I did I would think Antonio Brown would have bad things happen to them so it's not a karma pick but it's a really hopeful pick I hope the Rams win I hope Antonio Brown does bad I hope the Buccaneers suck for the rest of the year because of their endorsement of him so I'll take the Rams uh, 27 to the Buccaneers uh, 8 they're really selling their souls for a chance at a title, huh? I almost said they were going <clears> to <throat> uh, lose 27 to 666, but then the math didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy. All right. Well, we made it through episode 126. Uh, a rare episode where we jammed two episodes worth of stuff into one. But hey, it was fun and we did it. We even added a new segment and still had time for everything. All day long. Hey, uh, just remember to be kind to everyone. Wear your mask. And uh, treat people with respect. Don't be a douchebag. Yeah, it takes all of us to make everything better in this world. So, do your best. Right on. Right on. Right on. Right on. Hey, you can be on our show too if you want to. Just email us jointpracticespod at gmail.com and we'll give you your very own episode of our show. Love you. Elijah, what you got? We're on Twitter at Joint Practices, at 11 to go, at the Knox says, at Wrong Elijah. Send us your tweet with your team's favorite hashtag. So just include us on whatever hashtag you send. And uh, we would like to hear from you. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, shout out to our good friend Noah Rollins. Came on this program. Recently lost his father. I uh, I love him. I wish him the best. And him and his family are in my prayers. Amen. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. And school Vikings. Flag goes fly, baby. Straight to the dumpster. <laughs> uh, we're on to other games to be played. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, what do you guys think of the new logo? It's brilliant. There were many options. I will see which one is the final one. 
I did enjoy it's the one in the chat Steven's, right now. Uh, Steven's comment about the uh, semen. <laughs> Call him <laughs> semen. semen. <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. You guys always say I say stuff, and I don't think I do. Uh, I'm I not like even it. sure I that like Don Shula's children do art. So. 